Hi everyone, welcome back to Chat Shit, Get Fit, Chat and Supplements. This is the series where we explore the vast world of health and fitness supplementation, giving you our thoughts and of course bringing you the latest scientific data as well. This week we look at the dirty yellow powder, as I call it, in turmeric. But is it really a dirty yellow or is it actually magic gold? Well, that's something we're going to unpack today, looking at a couple of designer products such as Zuki, which is a sachet, and the Turmeric Co., which is a shot. And we're going to take a look at the health-boosting claims made by these and many others and see if the latest science stacks up, including that big one, reducing inflammation. We then finish on a quick look at probiotics and gut health and see if those mega yogurts you see in the supermarket are worth the extra cash. Before all that, though, we tackle a conundrum involving a ladle. Yes, a ladle. Let's get into this week's episode. Good 25th of November, Tom. Good 25th of November, Bill. As you can see, I've still not uh, set my clock. So I am still in the 25th, but I am an hour into the future. I can see that, yeah. You need to really sort that clock out. It's um, Yeah, I know. I know. It's Mate, my admin's all over the place. I just thought I was going to be late to this episode. I had oh, a really? catastrophic... Uh, I know. Early, mate. Yeah. I know, but I had a catastrophic accident in the kitchen. Talk to me. What happened? Well, I was doing the washing up, and I fucking... Absolute rookie mistake. I had a big ladle, right. and I went to put the ladle underneath the sink to wash it and force it. You know what I've done? Uh-huh. Yeah, Go I've held it one way round, didn't I? Yeah, I've done it so it's hit the con- yeah. concave, the concave part of the spoon. It's got everywhere. I think it's the concave part of the spoon. Let's let's Google spoon anatomy. Anatomy. Oh god, where are we going with this? A is a is a ladle classed as a spoon? It is, isn't it? It's basically a massive spoon. Uh, welcome, welcome to chat shit again for evidence based health and fitness podcast. But you can actually look. You can actually type in anatomy of a spoon, and it actually comes up. <laughs> Does it? Is oh, wow. a spoon classed as a ladle yeah it is it is, it is. wow okay thanks for clearing up tom we are so there we are you evidence-based go. So there we are evidence-based so there you go it's on wikipedia it says ladle brackets <laughs> spoon so there you go Brilliant. we sorted that out next question problem Prob- solved next question uh next question well next next uh topic on the agenda is today's episode we're back we're chatting uh supplements and today we're talking about a magical what you call it gold is it gold brown bronze what sort of color um it? yellow I, I would say yellow. I would go yeah. yellow. It's like a dirty yellow, though, isn't it? It's not very bright yellow. It is. Dirty it's yellow. A, Joe, what I would describe as like a groundy yellow. Yeah, ground. a groundy makes sense yellow. It's from the ground. It makes it sense. It is from the ground. Yeah. And that, that is uh, turmeric we're talking about today, or turmeric, however you want to pronounce it. Obviously, but it is spelt, spelt differently to how most people say it anyway. Yeah. I say, I, I'll i be honest with you, I, I say turmeric. That's only because. I say turmeric. Yeah. yeah. But, but then when you go to spell it, it's yeah, when you go to spell it, it's always you always do it wrong because you spell it as if turmeric instead of turmeric. Yep, do indeed. You've done well on the show notes though, Bill. I'm not seeing any turmerics, it's all turmerics. Well that's thanks to Grammarly, mate. Bit of a bit of spell check. Keep oh, me keep play. me on track. There you go. This episode is sponsored by Grammarly. We're uh, it's not. We're uh, we're talking about uh, turmeric today for the main bulk of the episode, but later on, as I probably did say in the intro, we are going to do a quick sort of uh, overview on probiotics and give our sort of thoughts on it. But yeah, the big boy today is turmeric. So we'll basically start with what it is. You've probably seen it as, as we said, a dirty yellow powder that you normally use it to cook with. It's quite mm. you know used in the Asian communities. Uh, I'd like to say, um, and I'll, I'll tell you what Wikipedia states because that's legit knowledge. Uh, Turmeric is a flowering plant, curcuma longa of the ginger family. Zinga baraka, I think that's how it's pronounced, the rhizomes yeah, yeah. of which <laughs> the rhizomes of which are used in cooking. Yeah, and if you do if you do look at it, <clears throat> excuse me, if you do look at it, it is like a root essentially, but when people use it, it normally comes in a nice little sort of glass jar, a little tiny one. You buy it from Tesco whenever uh, and you'll use you yeah. your food. Over the past couple of years, it's become really popular. So you do tend to see it in places like Holland and Barrett now as well as an actual supplement. Um, the thing is, like we we we're just saying turmeric or turmeric or turmeric, you know, for the sake of this episode. But what gives it its yellow pigment is curcumin or curcumin. Once again, however you do, however you pronounce that, you know, we live in a society of democracy. You pronounce it your own way, you know. But I mean, um, sometimes you'll 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 see different kind of bottles. In the shop, some will say uh, turmeric, some will say curcumin, but it is 
Well, it's not the same thing, but usually it's like, yeah, it goes hand in hand with each other. It's the curcumin, which actually is like the thing that yes. makes an effect when we look at these studies. But so if they say they've got, I don't know, for example, 35 grams, like one of them does later on, so it has a certain amount of grams of turmeric, it will then say in brackets probably a smaller amount of the curcumin, which is the number yeah. you need to actually focus on. And I believe curcumin is what gives it that yellow pigment. Yeah, it could do, mate. I mean, who knows? At that point, we've, we've not gone that deep. We've not gone that deep into, into the research on the I'm not pigmentation of turmeric. I'm not a chef. Yeah, exactly. Uh, speaking of being a chef, though, I do actually use uh, turmeric in, in the kitchen. So I normally use it when I have scrambled tofu on toast. And it gives it that sort of... Because obviously scrambled tofu is a replacement of scrambled egg. So to give it that sort of yellowy sort of look to it almost i just sprinkle a bit of turmeric on there i'm not sure much i'm actually putting on dose wise i don't weigh my turmeric <laughs> before i put it on the uh, mm. before i put it on me my tofu but yeah that's what i use it for Perfect. i mean um a good idea to make your vegan eggs taste more like eggs is to add a bit of egg white to it i can imagine that work really well tom yeah and a little dash of actual yolk as well yeah yeah some bacon a bit of black pudding oh you need to stop right you out of control here Anyway, uh, I also have it in one of my uh, protein shakes, one of my plant-based protein powders. It actually has oh, turmeric in it. That's which interesting. When you, to, to what extent, I'm not really sure, mate. It just says in the ingredients, it says it's in there, but it doesn't actually tell you anyway. I tried finding it so I could actually give a proper answer of how much is Joe, in there. Joe, how you'd find out what colour is the protein shake when you mix it up? Well, it's like a brown. Well, you've been duped, mate. It should be yellow. Well, I hope not. It's a chocolate flavour. Mm, uh, oh, fair enough. If it was chocolate, if it was chocolate <laughs> it came out yellow, I'd be concerned about it. Like, it's, it's, it tastes what? like a crunchy. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that has it in there. But then that is obviously, you know, you know what plant-based proteins are like. They fucking, you know, appeal to nature fallacy. Takes full effect sometimes. Uh, but it doesn't affect me. I was like the protein. I didn't buy it for the turmeric. So uh, have you ever taken it, Tom? Is that anything you've ever explored? Turmeric? Uh, yes. Yes, I have taken it. Um, but with my fucking early onset of Alzheimer's, I can't remember when. Um, probably due to not taking enough turmeric. So, uh, so I'll be honest with you. I was like all over the turmeric hype train as it was first becoming like really, really, really popular. So this is going way back to something like what 2016, 2017. It was like the new groundbreaking thing. Um, had no idea why I was taking. It. I just knew it was groundbreaking. But I mean, as we'll kind of go into later, like why you take it, what people are claiming that it does, etc. All different things. Uh, mine was oh inflammation. Well, that's and a you big know one. what? It's also something that I've um, I've had family members, I've suggested family members to take. Uh, once again, this was when I was all over turmeric. Now I'm a bit, I won't spoil things, but I'm a bit more iffy, 50-50 on offering that advice now for certain reasons. Uh, I Also, a gym I used to work at, uh, I knew a guy who used to give it to his dog. Oh, really? Yeah. His dog had bad arthritis. So yeah, he used to give it to his dog. Yeah, what well, you said, information's that big one, isn't it? It's still, dog's still dead, but yeah, I don't think <laughs> it was due to the turmeric, but obviously like the effect size, obviously. No, have, have you not seen, you know, the Facebook scientists out there, mate? You've got to correlate everything with everything. If if he was taking turmeric, it's definitely mm. the turmeric which done him. Dog dead due to turmeric. Yeah, it must have been. He was taken at the same time he died. Yeah, who knows? Mm. Uh, but we'll, we'll see also what some of the, the list, I say listeners whose Instagram followers, it could, they probably don't listen, but um, we'll, we'll go into it. <laughs> um, so I did a poll again, like I normally do on Instagram. And I asked, do you think turmeric is beneficial for health and fitness? Uh, and 43% of you said yes. It's quite high. How many? 43% of people said yes. I thought it would have been more, to be honest with you. Maybe it's expect us at this point to be just shitting over everything we ever talk about. Yeah, maybe maybe they've got to a point where they think any time I put a poll up, it's basically shit. Yeah, we are nihilists. But, but is that the case? We'll come we'll come on to that. But I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take that poll for verbatim. And then I also asked, do you take a turmeric supplement or have you before? And only eighteen percent said yes. So not many. Hmm. We'll go more into the forms then. So we kind of spoke about the powder that you see, you know, on the supermarket shelves used for cooking. But what we're starting to see more commonly now, especially on social media, you've probably seen adverts all over the place, is the the sachet form which is like a, a gel almost, I'd say, or a shot, like a little health shot. And our health shots in general have become massive recently anyway, but obviously turmeric jumps on that bandwagon where you can just buy a shot of it and then you'll get all these amazing health benefits. So what we're going to do then is we're going to break down some of the claims made by some products in particular, and then we'll look at some of the science you know, in the wider community as well. But it's important we look at the claims made by these companies because that's normally what they use to market the products and then make you spend your hard-earned cash on whatever they are selling. So... We'll start with a big one then. The big one is the Turmeric Co. Now, they do shots. 
which offer 35 grams of raw turmeric per 60ml shot. And that also, to note this is the important number, remember, they have 1,750 milligrams of curcumin. I have a feeling this might be the ones that my my uh, my mum was actually taking, to be honest oh, with could you. Be, yeah. Could be. yeah. They're quite expensive though. A month's supply that's one of my problems. Two yeah. pounds two pound twenty one per shot. So two pounds twenty one is that's a lot of money to be spending on, you know, a sixty mil shot of essentially you know, oh, turmeric. Yeah. I mean I'm looking at it here, there's like a box of fourteen for thirty one quid. That's only like bearing in mind, this is not something where you just take one. It's something you need to kind of have on a daily basis. Well, it's one a day, yeah. The whole point of it is you take yeah. one every day. So we're looking at, let's say you had one every day for the month. We're talking like just over 60 quid for a month. Yeah, supply. Right. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, so it's a lot of money. We've got another one here though called Turmeric Zuki. Uh, this one actually comes in sachets and it's 750 milligrams of turmeric extract per 15 mil. Now, when you look at the extract, it does say in brackets like the curcumin, blah, 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 long fucking Latin name. So I'm guessing that means that the whole 750 milligrams is the good shit. You'd, yeah. you'd like to think the good shit it's got less in there per mil and that works out at £2.14 per sachet which is <laughs> expensive again it's pretty much the same price but in this in the Zuki one you're actually getting less by the looks of it yeah. for your money so what do we go to the claims then because this is this is the important stuff we need to know why should we be taking this stuff why should I be spending £2.21 on a shot of dirty yellow juice essentially um, so we'll start with Zuki they boast on their website. So if you go on the page right now, if you go to zuki.com, wherever it fucking is, and you look on their thing, they'll have a big box in the middle of the page to really you know, draw your attention. Uh, and it's a four-week independent consumer tri- uh, trial, and it delivered huge results, Tom. Listen in. Right. If you want to take an E, that's fine as well. But these big results, they, they claim that. I'll go through them, Tom. 92% were happy after the four weeks. 88% had increased energy levels. 86% had improved recovery between exercise. 82% had improved performance, 82% had improved fitness and endurance, 85% had less stiff and achy joints after an active day. Now, this is incredible stuff, Tom. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'd love to see the, the peer-reviewed methodology for all of this. Well, unfortunately, Tom, I did struggle to find full details. The only thing I could find was in an independent consumer per, uh, percep- in a consumer perception trial. Oh, they didn't ask their staff members, at least. Condu- conducted by Q Consumer. So it was conducted by a third party. 93 people took turmeric zuki so the exact product for four weeks i did actually dm these guys um last week asking you know have you got more details on this because it's you know, it's really interesting i want to basically see you know the ins and outs of this of this trial uh they did not reply um did, I, they, I, did I, at least leave you on scene <laughs> i should have looked now i look live on it i haven't actually checked yeah, I, I haven't got time i've got time for fucking let's have a see let's have a look let's have a look they probably took one look at our podcast and went oh my god fuck that Profile no longer available. <laughs> where, are the little, where are the little fuckers, Zuki? Now, they've put stuff in their story since then. They've not even opened it, so that's yeah. even more muggy, isn't it? We're small fry. We're small fry. But yeah, they didn't reply, so that's you know that's obviously a negative. But that, that's them. That's that's basically what they boast in terms of science, essentially. They've got nothing really else on their page. Uh, that was like when I did that survey when I was, um, when I was just a single personal trainer and uh, my staff and my company had a 100% job satisfaction rating. Wow. Yeah. That's legit, mate. I know. I mean, admittedly, the only staff member was myself. Uh, <laughs> but still, I don't want to knock an achievement like that. Science, mate, evidence-based. It is. If we if we move on to the <laughs> Turmeric Co., so they've actually got a page called The Science, so they're actually a bit more juicy with their claims, which is obviously good to see. Uh, so let's have a look what they've got, because so far, going off Zuki's claims, I'm super excited for the world of Turmeric. So... We're basically going to summarise a lot of papers they cited as well as add in some other stuff that we found as well. Um, and there'll be loads linked in the in the show notes. A bit of a warning though, if you do click a lot of the links, there's quite a few of these papers which are stuck behind a paywall. But luckily for me and Tom, we haven't got access to the Minecraft library, which means we could see the full paper in its entirety. Oh, yeah. It's not strictly legal, <laughs> but yeah. that's. <laughs> yeah. I was actually showing some of uh, my staff members the other day how to access this Minecraft library. Oh, were you? Yeah. With the blinds closed, yeah. Interesting. All over it. What, so they signed up to our Patreon, did they? Oh, that Tom. library. I thought you meant the other library. No, oh, yeah, both. Yeah, we we link that library on our library. Do we? Yeah. In the, the fuck you, are you talking about? Sci-Hub. Have you looked? Yeah, but have you looked at the PowerPoints? I'm fucking. They're riddled with Sci-Hub links. You're riddled. You're actually putting up Sci-Hub links. Yeah, of course. You're so. actually leaving a paper. You absolute rebel. No, you people Patreon. People subscribe to the Patreon to get juicy, juicy features, mate. So they get access <laughs> the, to the, part. the illegal features. <laughs> I wouldn't say illegal. I wouldn't say illegal. Yeah, no, definitely not illegal. It's not legal, but I wouldn't say illegal. <laughs> yeah. 
we're not we're not actively telling you to go and use these links no they were just accidentally left there in a google drive titled the minecraft library (laughs) (laughs) which you get when you join the patreon yeah anyway let's move this swiftly on before uh, yeah quickly quickly but if sci-hub does want to fund us you know which we would totally not do because it's illegal um but yeah email us <laughs> yeah, drop us a lever. Anyway, uh, I just want to make a note before we go forward as well. A lot of papers, uh, there's a mix between formulated and unformulated uh, turmeric. And what that essentially means is if it's a formulated one, it means that they've normally used things like, uh, I think it's pronounced biopin. Is it? Yeah, piperin, sorry, not biopin. Piperin, which is basically black pepper. Yeah. And that is to do with absorption rates. So there's a lot of difference. If they if it's formulated or unformulated, basically, it can make a huge difference on the effects. Uh, and this is why a lot of the papers... Some of them will come up with unformulated, which does make them. It makes it seem less. By than itself, what it could it's, be. Uh, it doesn't absorb very well. It doesn't absorb very well, which is where the black pepper comes from. And funny enough, that's actually why in a lot of other kind of supplements, sometimes you get black pepper thrown in. Well, we spoke about those times, haven't we? On um, which episode was it? We, I think it was in pre-workouts. They throw it in sometimes. Fat burners is always in there. Yeah, you should, I think it's to like is it to like things that like are fat soluble? They tend to throw in black pepper to help with that. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, it could be. I mean, this is—I know for a fact this one. Yeah. As you as you did state, it doesn't absorb very well on its own. It's got very poor bioavailability. Yeah. So in fact, yeah, when you go to places like Holland and Barrett now, and you can see it in tubs, usually it will say all oh, like curcumin or turmeric with black pepper or mm. the buzzword you just use, pipe piperin, 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 piperin doesn't really matter. We absolutely share this, but we know what we mean. That's what matters today. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of the products now it will actually come with that second ingredient. That's not just some random propriety blend. There is a reason why they're doing that, which is, as Bill just said, it's to help with absorption. Okay, so we'll move on to one of the big ones then that starts, we'll, we'll get straight into the juice of it basically because this is the one that everyone talks about that Tom even mentioned at the start and that is inflammation. So it seems to be the big one in terms of this supplement and there are a few small papers out there which do suggest a benefit, but I did find two large papers. So here we go. I've got one called Joint Arthritis, a Systematic Review and Major Analysis of Randomised Clinical Trials. Uh, and they basically suggested that the randomised controlled trials out there provide scientific evidence that supports the efficacy of turmeric extract about 1,000 milligrams a day. So bear that number in mind when you compare it to the two products I mentioned earlier, which was one was 1750, one was 750. So that's 1,000 milligrams a day in the treatment of arthritis. So that's obviously a very specific population of people there. Yeah. So you can't assume because it's worked for those guys, or it's had a, it's, you know, not worked, but it's had a suggested benefit for people with arthritis that because you feel like you're a bit inflamed, that it's suddenly going to uh, do wonders for you. That's not the case. But that, that's obviously a promising paper there. Um, however, the total number of randomized controlled trials, including the analysis, uh, the total sample size, and the methodological quality of the primary studies were not sufficient to draw definitive conclusions. And this was in 2016. So even though I just said there's a bit of promise. If we look a bit deeper and look at some of the uh, limitations of that paper, they can't be conclusive, which is never a great thing, if I'm being honest. Yeah. If we fast forward to 2019, we have another one. So oral turmeric slash curcumin effects on inflammatory markers in chronic inflammatory diseases. So once again, very specific to a certain population of people who have chronic uh, inflammatory diseases. A systematic review and major analysis of RCTs again. They found no significant effects on inflammatory markers. So... It, from that point of view, from those two papers there, we have got another one after this, don't worry. I'm absolutely throwing papers at my ass today. But, oh, yeah. So from the 2016 one, bit of promise on arthritis, but wasn't conclusive. We then get another one in 2019, which is more up to date. They found, you know, no significant effects. Nothing significant. If it says no significant effects, that means I'm not spending £2.21 on a shot, essentially. Um, but then if we fast forward again, fucking here we go. We're in 2020 now. We're flying through the years. So 2020, there were 32 trials. Uh, that was 2,038 participants, uh, which were included, and 28 were meta-analyzed. So I'll read a little extract here for you. So a total of two, uh, 2,038 participants were included in the reviewed studies, and the majority of participants had some form of inflammatory condition. Only 6.7% of the participants were healthy with no diag- uh, diagnosed condition. That was three studies. Just over half of the studies, uh, so that was 17 of 32, were conducted in Iran. Followed by the United States, there was four papers. Australia, there was three. India, there was three. China, there was two. And then one each in Italy, Germany, and Japan. 
And then the curcumin or turmeric was delivered via capsules or tablets in all of the studies. And the doses ranged from 46 milligrams all the way up to 4,275 milligrams a day. Uh, and most of the studies used uh, a formulated version. So 22 of them used a formulated version of curcumin, which we said is the essentially the superior version if you're going to look at it from a, you know, a benefit uh, point of view, absorption point of view, sorry. So if we just put aside all that word salad I just said, you might have to a few times to make any sense of it. It's a lot of shit. Basically, it's a, the latest paper. Um, it's quite up to date. And basically what they found was there was an improvement shown in reducing inflammatory markers. Uh, and as to be expected, it was more so in the formulated variety opposed to the unformulated variety. However, they did conclude, so don't get too excited yet, that however, curcumin is not yet considered a sports supplement with level A ever evidence. So the evidence is not super strong, essentially. Um, therefore, more studies are still needed to confirm the results and establish a safe and effective dose of supplementation. So there is a reason why they haven't given it a class A yet. And one of those reasons being is that, so if we kind of just quickly go over what we just said there, things like inflammation, like which links with things like osteoarthritis and pain, we compile all that together. One, we've spoken about this quite a few times, actually. When it comes to pain, it's very difficult to to gauge officially you know it's very it's very hard to gauge but also in regards to pain in particular some of the studies that were included there were there were conflicts of interest i mean i can't remember the name of the company but one i read earlier on uh, you know one of the studies was funded by a you know a herbal product company so there's reasons like this where it's it's almost like it's possibly being tampered with i would always urge uh, on the on the side of caution say yeah look i'm I'm happy to kind of discard if there's like a very a study if there's a very very obvious bias here. Not all the time, but if it's a very obvious bias, and yeah, I'm going to kind of push over to the side. I mean, in the fins, I saw it was a lot of this evidence was showing like, look, there was a noticeable decrease in things like pain, inflammation, etc. But the methodology was quite low, low quality evidence. So I'm happy to kind of see more research get pulled into this, but just high quality like methodology evidence and obviously no conflicts of interest and it needs to be Tom because if we go if we go back to the start there 2016 2019 2020 all three have kind of come to a similar conclusion almost like a potential for effect but we need more we need which more. is weird because uh, that's kind of around the time that I was getting into the whole turmeric thing <laughs> yeah it shows you that my, my science brushing up on my science skills wasn't all there yet well if you if you just read the abstract or you know if you read the abstracts of maybe you know one of these papers it'll probably you'd be like it'd be like oh suggested benefit you'd be like a benefit all right i'm in game on let's go oh yeah i was just an abstract guy that's all i was but so kind of quickly just while we're touching on this subject of things like pain arthritis inflammation my mum suffers from terrible arthritis and that's why she was one of the people where i was saying to her look kind of get on this turmeric i've read so much about it etc and she really bought into it and she generally believed it makes like a massive difference and perhaps on a you know biological level it actually is but now obviously with what i know about pain etc perhaps there's the buyer's bias you know yeah perhaps there's the placebo but I'll be effect. honest with you tom you, that's still a good thing because if she's finding improvement you can't take that away from uh, her you know well, this is the thing. Who's to say, well, what's the problem with that? Mm. This is where I err on the side of caution now. It's because one, money. I know that, but you then start focusing all your attention onto this one thing that is actually not as you know low maintenance as you think. Because suddenly, if the shop runs out of stock, for whatever reason it was, my mum's supply stopped short. And suddenly she was unable to get these things. Suddenly she was in awful, horrific pain, etc. Now, is it because she stopped taking it? Or is it because of the fault that she no longer had this magic potion? I feel like I'm throwing my mum under the bus here. Sorry, mum. I love you, mum. But no, I mean, <laughs> I'm just going to link her to this afterwards and then she could belt me later. But yeah, I mean, um, nah, it's Not 50 all right. years old, Tom. Yeah, as I said, mate, she ain't had a turmeric. I'll be fine. Um, but yeah, do, do you see what I mean? Like we can become over-reliant on certain things. Yeah, How many times have we said this in regards to, you know, our rituals, our toolkits, our supplements, we become over-reliant on something and then we get that nocebic effect where we think, oh shit, I've not got my magic supplement. I'm bound to, suddenly you're expecting to be in pain. So you will be. And the amount of times I've kind of said to her, look, I think it'd be more meaningful if you actually do these exercises that I've got here for you. It could be something as simple as like sitting down, standing back up so you're doing box squats pretty much but it's like oh i can't without my turmeric i simply can't 
do you see where my issue comes with now? So that's why I err on the side of caution yeah, about getting people that. hooked onto things. As like it's a side aid where it's like, look, this is just something that might aid you, but that's it. It's just an aid. It's not the be-all, end-all. That's where I'd err on the side of caution. So I'm not against turmeric. It's just be careful in the messages we give behind it. Because when I originally did it, I did. I said it was like the magic bullet. Well, a lot, a lot of these, these have been. These are obviously quite sizable papers in terms of uh, information. That is the big one that gets thrown around. Yeah, um, I, w- I wouldn't rule it out yet. I think we need more. It's you know, it's not the, the da- data isn't like horrifically negative. It's not like I don't know what can I compare it to. It's not like apple cider vinegar where there's like literally not much really to go off in comparison, really. <laughs> but that was a different episode. If you not listen to that, go listen to it. It's a, uh, it's great. We'll move on to DOMS then. So DOMS, they actually linked a paper on DOMS, so delayed onset muscle soreness. So if you're unaware of that, is basically, you know when you do like a big session, for example, if you've done, you're, you know, if you're an absolute anarchist and you've done German ten volume Ten times training. ten squats. Yeah, yeah yep. literally, yeah. German <laughs> volume tra- yeah. I think so everyone's did, been there at one point, yeah. haven't they? <laughs> and you're later in shit state. They, you know, they've, they've linked a paper here on 17 subjects, so very small, and it was a double-blind, randomised, controlled crossover. Uh, the paper did suggest a potential benefit, but the paper itself was pretty specific uh, in terms of, you can obviously look at this in the show notes. Uh, not the, oh, this, the evidence overall wasn't exactly amazing. I mean, um, once again, this kind of goes hand in hand with pain. DOMS at the end of the day is pain, so it's very hard to gauge. However, there are certain markers you can check, such as uh, things like levels of creatine kinase, if I've pronounced that right. So you can actually see, actually, is there something physical that's going on here, or is it all in the mind? But... For a lot of the evidence I've seen in regards to turmeric on stuff like this, it's been like a pain scale. So you literally point to a... So after this supplement, how much pain are you in? Point to a frowny face, a regular-looking face, or a happy face. Very perceived feeling. Yeah, so, yeah exactly. So it's a bit difficult. Uh, they also cite a paper on gut inflammation. So back to the inflammation thing, but obviously gut's a little bit different. Uh, it is a rodent study, uh, and it does suggest to help with the effects of IBS. It's pretty weak, though, and we do need more on that in terms of gut inflammation in general. Human studies? Yeah, basically. Uh, we also found a 2018 meta-analysis on this. Uh, the paper found current evidence suggests that curcumin has a positive, albeit not statistically significant effect compared to placebo on IBS symptoms. However, current findings are based on a considerably limited evidence base with marked uh, heterogeneity. And we've said before, heterogeneity is variability. So lots of variance in the, the results there. And the, that's true because the fact they've only cited a rodent study mm. and then this other meta-analysis basically said there's not a lot of data to go off. It just shows we do need more on gut inflammation as itself. So that as a claim is a very weak claim. So I won't rush out and buy it for gut inflammation. I mean, if you actually look at the paper to take this one step further and show how limited it actually is, they uh, they ended up with a pretty limited result base. So when a meta analysis does, they normally start with like all the papers they can find, and they have to go through a process of bitting them down. So there'll be things like I don't know, they might get rid of all animal studies, they might get rid of all studies that don't have a placebo because if you've not got a placebo, they could be biased. So they might go right, we're not going to include those in our meta analysis. Uh, so this one, they actually reviewed seventeen um, papers, five of them, only five were legible to be used uh, and then finally Mega. they only had three included in the meta so I won't even call it a meta analysis it's just three papers I know it's, it's a bit of a dodgy that's a bit of shit really why, why even call that a meta <laughs> well exactly because people look at that and go oh it's a meta analysis hello here we go big boy well, it's actually only got three papers that actually included I mean just to kind of like I've, I've seen meta analysis before and things like phew, BCAAs of all things it's been like over a hundred papers alone in that one meta analysis for this to only have that amount it's quite shocking but we do live in a society, so... We do live in a society, and a society where turmeric does not seem to help gut inflammation as it stands on paper. Uh, we'll move on to cholesterol levels and blood lipids. So, mm. got a juice one here. So, they, they've actually cited the paper again on their website. Uh, 2017. So, efficacy and safety of turmeric and curcumin in lowering blood lipid levels in patients with cardiovascular risk factors, a meta-analysis of randomised controlled trials. So, once again, you've got to notice straight away in the title, there is a specific target there so they're looking at people with cardiovascular risk factors Mm. while they did find some benefit as most of these papers are seeming to find some benefit especially if they claimed on the website of course they would show that Uh, there were some clear limitations with this paper uh, one of them being that all of the subjects were Asian so I think we spoke about one population yeah we spoke about on the previous episode saying how if you only look at one population there's a lot of factors that can come into play that can affect yeah. results. Uh, just for example, the environment in that in that area. So we've got to look at more populations. 
Some data was also obtained indirectly, uh, which could also affect uh, accuracy. Uh, and they did conclude, due to uncertainties related to dosage form, dose and medication frequency, it is premature to recommend the use of turmeric or curcumin in clinical settings. So it's interesting because that is one they've cited and it basically concludes that it's not amazing nah. in a nutshell. Once again, it's showing promise, but it, there needs to be more. I'm more interested in it from the point of view of things like information and arthritis in particular. But as I said, I think at the same time it can be a double-edged sword, especially if you are you know, highly affected by things like placebo and nocebo. Uh, if we move up to... So I've actually got a later paper. So the one they quoted was 2017. I've got one here from 2019 because I'm just that much better than them. Um, it's a systematic review and major analysis of randomized controlled trials on the effects of turmeric and curcuminoids. Fucking hell, they've added a, a bigger word, haven't they? On blood lipids in adults with metabolic diseases. So once again, it's targeting those uh, individuals. Uh, and the paper did actually address things like bioavailability. It basically, they said that previous studies have shown that formulated curcumin possesses higher bioactivity in comparison with curcumin. However, um, the meta-analysis could not prove the theory that, you know, the theory I just basically, let me just say that again to make it clearer. So they obviously mentioned the theory of it being better when you, you know, have it with things like piperin, etc. But they couldn't prove it in the actual meta-analysis when they stated it um, because of the notable variability uh, and the small number of trials. Yeah, so at, at the moment, even they couldn't really be, be too strong in it. And that's something they also mentioned further on, that the heterogeneity was a huge limitation in terms of the paper as a whole once again, being done solely on the Asian population. Hmm. If you think about it, it's not too different. I mean, it's only a couple of years after the other meta-analysis, so unless there was loads of other studies done at that time, there's obviously not going to be much different. Um, it, did, it did show promise once again, but once again, we're going to need more, I'd say. Yeah, we always need more, no matter what. Uh, they also mentioned a couple on skin health. That's one I've seen quite a few times, especially like on, I don't know, some of these more Gucci products, designer products. They they like to go skin health because people tend people who tend to buy designer products tend to be very, what's the word? Um, holistic. Know, word? Yeah, maybe, yeah. Holistic. <laughs> Appeal like, to nature. They, they want to look amazing, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. More, more likely appeal to nature kind of people. and Influencer. Yeah. 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 These kind of people... God, I feel awful for saying this. It sounds like I'm being very judgmental, but <laughs> rather than having someone that says this is backed by science and say it's like, no, this has the root of Dave inside it, then uh, it's going to be a No, the root of Dave? The root of Roger? The root of Roger, sorry. Yeah, from a tree in Bolton. I was halfway there. Yeah, you're getting it right, mate. Fuck me, it's a very important route. If this is your first episode, you have absolutely no idea what that means. Um, so yeah, go back and listen to the other rest of the series and you'll find out what the root of Roger is. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a math formula. <laughs> uh, if, we get, if we get back on the skin health, though, um, there, is some initial, there is some initial promise with some of the papers. So uh, there was one paper, a randomised trial, and it did use 100 participants. Um, and it was a very low dose of turmeric, actually, which is, which is you know, interesting. But, uh, the thing is, you have to remember that even when papers have very low dose and you think, oh, this product's got loads more, you can't automatically assume that even though there's more in it, it's better. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because we've, we've looked at papers that. in the past where, for example, 300 milligrams or something would do something, but then mm. 900 would do nothing. You've got to be careful with that interpretation. Mm. Uh, and that paper there in particular, they concluded with, we need more randomized trials, as fucking every paper seems to have said, uh, with larger sample sizes and longer treatment duration. Uh, we also have a 2016 systematic review on the clinical evidence of on skin health. Um, and there is actually some evidence both on taking it orally, so obviously consuming turmeric like normal, and actually topically, it's actually applying it to the uh, applying it to your skin, which is not something I, you know, put in your, I don't know if you put it in your bath, it'd look quite dirty, wouldn't it probably? Like a mud bath, I would have thought very pleasant you might end up like coming out looking like i don't know they winton afterwards i don't know <laughs> yeah, some other kind of orange uh, looking fella <laughs> um, uh, and i'll read a little extract out from this paper then uh the one i just mentioned there so although it has been used for centuries in many parts of the world to treat skin diseases uh, its efficacy as an alternative or adjunctant to traditional treatments has not yet been proven dermatologists should be aware of the clinical studies that examine the use of curcumin containing products as an alternative to skincare therapies so basically saying proceed with caution when you mm. use it because as i said they know it's been used a lot in certain parts of the world you know you, you'll always see it maybe i don't know you know when you see that it sounds really hard i need to be careful so you know they get like the little wooden bowls and you see them like mashing up shit and the little bowl put a bit of water in there a bit of powder and they start mashing it with a little wooden what's it fucking you know it's like a little spice grinder thing in it oh uh a mortar and pestle that's the fucking one yes yeah, so you see them use like little wooden ones don't you and some yeah. like 
videos in like villages and stuff around the world uh, and then they'll like apply it to their skin or something yeah that's the sort of stuff you see but unfortunately the way the reason they probably do it is appeal to nature tradition that is something they've done it's for years ritual etc stuff yeah, like that so yeah but yeah so once again if you've got shit skin don't rush out and buy <laughs> turmeric thinking it's gonna it's gonna save the world <laughs> another thing about uh turmeric just because i found this earlier on or at least if it goes to curcumin let's say is there is some evidence to sh- now this is important this is in vitro in vitro there is limited evidence that shows that basically it can actually in high doses interfere with your dna structure or it may cause damage to your dna i should have said do you want to quickly explain what in vitro is tom just for people who aren't yeah so aware. in vitro is basically where an experiment is done outside of its usual habitat so the easiest way to say this is when we're human trials it would just be on a human but in vitro would be like fucking pouring a protein shake into a petri dish petri dish human that's basically it that's in vitro where it's outside of its usual like environment yeah and it's normally in a lab environment isn't it yeah it's usually not the most reliable depending on the context of it but it was something i did find interesting I also found a paper here from 2020, Tom. Now we know I know we've got a lot of sports listeners. You know, a lot of people are into their you know their fitness, like to get hench. You know, um, so I've got one that says the effects of curcumin supplementation on sports and physical exercise. A systematic review. So we've got some key points on this paper. Then I'll go rattle through them basically. So 11 original papers were eligible and were included in this review. So that's obviously a lot more than the three that the meta analysis stated earlier which is a good start and all the selected studies are mostly randomized so there was eight of those are uh, mostly randomized uh, there was eight that were crossover and then we've got eight which were conducted with adult participants uh, where the samples were comprised of just male individuals and that was not eight of those uh, sample size and time of intervention varied from eight to 47 participants so across the board not a very high sample size really um, especially if we look at the lower end, uh, and it was from one day to three months so it's a huge variance there in time you know time taking these these products the used curcumin dosages varied from 0.01 grams to 6 grams a day and curcumin was administered either in isolation or associated with other compounds so that's once again formulated or unformulated as we spoke about earlier Uh, and the kinds of exercise performed varied between aerobic so seven of those and resistance where there was four of those and they were all human studies as well and straight away before we even go to any conclusions the variance there is pretty big even across just 11 papers, there's a lot of difference in doses, time taken, uh, even, you know, even the training methodology. So that you'd, mm. you'd proceed with caution just knowing those key points. But we'll, we'll go ahead and see what they said. So the evidence presented indicates that curcumin supplementation in human beings is likely safe and beneficial for sports and physical activity due to the reduction of inflammation and oxidative stress, reduction of pain and muscle damage, improved muscle recovery, sports performance, psychological and physiological responses. Lots to take away there from that little statement. Sounds quite good, but is it strong evidence overall? Mm, the sample sizes were quite small, lots of variance in doses. Yeah, I'm not, from a sports pers- uh, perspective, you know, I'm not really convinced, to be honest with you. No, I'm not really. I mean, so I won't go over it. I mean, once again, they actually also added, so <laughs> this is, they've literally almost how do i put it like copied the other study that we mentioned earlier um is that research has also added that it's not considered a sport supplement with level a evidence uh, therefore no, more studies not. are needed uh, to confirm the results to establish a safe and effective dosage because the problem is that dosage was so varied how do you know what's effective how do you know what's safe overall it's usually more popular than like a general overall health kind of uh, you know like non-prescription pain stuff etc yeah medication Wowee, Tom. We've just rattled through loads of papers. If you're still with us, congratulations. You've, you've, done, a, you've done a sterling job. I mean, like, there is lots of evidence on it. It's just that it's not the best quality. It's no, not it's like... The sample the sizes are way too yeah. small. Way too small. We just And we also, you know what we need more importantly, Tom, is we need a, a clear indication of effective dosing. Because at the moment, I don't even know. I don't even know what dose I'd recommend for certain the, things. The most... When I usually see it on what's on the label for most things, it's usually like, oh usually keyword being usually 500 milligrams like you've got capsule form or spoonfuls etc um I've, I've seen it from like one to two to three times a day i suppose it depends on what your kind of goal is 
yeah, even I'm not problem, 100% isn't it? sure on what dose they're recommending. There's no clear recommended dose for each different thing. Like it's not the, the paper, even on the um, the turmeric company website, they linked, uh, they had a little bit of extract saying uh, dose recommendations for different things. And it was like four or five different sort of things you could be going through, like gut health, skin, whatever. But the papers they linked were just like one tiny trial with 17 study and they said well this one said 750 milligrams so that's what we're going to say you should have if you've got but it's like well no you can't that's just one tiny paper and then there's the obviously there's the pepper as well the black pepper the piperin piperin however it's fucking pronounced i mean both these products we spoke about do put it in there because they're just they're the designer products aren't they they're not like but i mean if i go to something like uh, examine.com where they compile all this evidence into what they kind of suggest they do recommend yeah pretty much what we just said actually like yeah around 500 milligrams three times a day uh, 15 to 20 milligrams of piperin as well. Oh, sorry, like five to six milligrams of pie, black pepper. I'm just going to say black pepper with each dose as well. Now, five to six milligrams, that is like half of a little fingernail. That's a tiny amount. If you are listening to this, you are maybe interested in, you know, turmeric supplementation. I would basically say probably avoid those designer products because they're ridiculously overpriced for, for you know what they what they do potentially uh, but if you look at things like my protein for example if you go on the website you can get a month's supply for 9.99 which is obviously a lot more affordable uh, they do capsules with a thousand milligrams so you just pop a capsule a thousand milligrams seems like quite a decent dose from what i've seen anyways i mean i can't be confident with what i say really uh, and then they've also got 10 milligrams of the black pepper shiz I mean, if something well. you're going to try it yourself, I would recommend like moving away from the shots and actually just going for the, the tubs, the capsules. Capsules, yeah. It's so much cheaper. Black pepper with it, yeah. Yeah, because them, them designer ones, the problem is they're very social media heavy. Like, I constantly, uh, the, North, the North thing about this podcast is when we do the research for it is that because we do, we're typing in all these words that social media assumes we're interested. So I end up getting about 15 adverts for fucking turmeric at night on my feed. And it, it's a and nightmare. I mean, look. It might work, it might, but it's just, it's not a crutch at the end of the day. If you want to try it, go for it. But it's not this magical fucking disease-curing route that a lot of people kind of like make it out to be. Yeah, I mean, I'm still interested in it, but I'm not going to put all my faith in it. And the thing is, like anything else, it is going to be a supplement at the end of the day. Even when it comes to things like, uh, not even talk about sports performance, Talk about things like arthritis and pain in general, etc. There's other things that you should be focusing on that should be your foundation. Things like sleep, you know, your activity as well, making sure you're not completely sedentary. Even if you are absolutely fucked to the point you can't even get out of bed, just find a find a level to enter into. It could be something as simple as wiggling your bloody toes. There's always a way that you can kind of enter. You just have to really lower the barrier to exercise to what you can do. No one's expected to be doing like barbell squats straight away, etc. But what matters is that you are. There's other things you should be kind of focusing on. Things like your sleep, you know, your activity levels, and even educating yourself. I know that's such a far away thing to say, and it's hard to kind of educate yourself in a place where information is so freely available. That it's hard to get the right information. But look into things like what kind of affects pain, etc. Because simply by changing your belief system can make a massive difference. Okay, guys, before we move on to the you know the, the final part of the show, Probiotics, we're just going to say a huge thank you uh, to one of the, the top producers of the show, and that is uh, Colleen. Thank you once again for being a patron. And we've also got a new patron that I'm going to quickly mention, and that yeah. is uh, Big Big Pete. I know he's, a, he's an avid listener. He's always uh, getting stuck and always uh, getting in touch, letting us know uh, what he thinks of the episode. So yeah, thanks again, Pete, for joining us over at Patreon. Yeah, cheers, Pete. Hopefully you're looking forward to joining us on the Christmas special that's coming up later. So if you do want to you know, join Colleen, Pete, myself and Tom so far uh, for a live Christmas special that's going to I think it's going to be the 16th I haven't actually released a date have I I think we're doing it on the is it the 16th sorry I was just wondering if Colleen's ever given you know her work dog turmeric ask her I'm sure she's telling have to ask her but yeah if you do want to join us on the 16th of December for our Christmas special uh, that's what basically we're going to record it regardless if anyone's there but if you do want to actually join us live and that actually interact with us during the episode uh, head over to Patreon and join uh, Pete and Colleen Anyway, let's get into probiotics, uh, which won't be as long, uh, I promise. Famous last words, but we'll see how we we'll see how we get on. Shouldn't be too long anyway. There's only a couple of papers here. Well, I say a couple of papers. We've only touched on a few, really, because we, we don't want to beat the arse out of it because it's not as exciting. Let me tell you how short it's going to be. Gut health is still a relatively new thing to me, and it is, as far as I'm aware, in regards to research in general. So it's going to be very quick. 
should be. So I'll quickly basically tell you what probiotics are. So they are live bacteria and yeast promoted as having various health benefits. They're usually added to yogurts or taken as food supplements and are often described as good or friendly bacteria. What I want to point out is yogurts. You do actually, it's quite a big thing with yogurts. Hmm. Is it Acti- Activia? Don't they have like a fucking probiotic range yeah. or something? Corner Crunch. Corner what, the Cor- I don't think they've got probiotics, yeah. mate. Fucking hell. Do you remember Corner Crunch? Corner Crunch is still a thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, when you put, yeah. pour the little pot in. Yeah, That's it, yeah. yeah still did going. you used to snap yours off or did you just to pour it in? Or were you one of those monsters pour- that used to eat it individually? Eat it individually? What's the point of it then? You, you get people that do that. Right, that's going up in a poll right after this. <laughs> it's going up in a poll right now, yeah. is it? I'm going to find <laughs> out you. who's getting deleted and blocked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, but essentially, as Tom said, it's quite new. This is a, this area, scientifically anyway, is an area with lots of variants basically which mm. as we said There's a lot is, is of different flavours of corner crunch never oh, for fuck's sake evidence based podcast um, on the limited stuff we do see we do see some benefit unfortunately a lot of it seems to be quite context dependent once again is never you know never very good for example I've got something here it may be helpful in some cases such as helping prevent diarrhoea when taking antibiotics I mean that is very specific so if you are out there listening you are shitting through the eye of a needle and you are taking antibiotics at the same time maybe this could be for you who knows <laughs> I don't know, maybe it could be. Oh, what a term for the worst. <laughs> uh, I will fast forward though to one of the latest papers because you know we are up to date on this. On this is a meta-analysis on what to do when touching cloth. It is. So uh, this is a systematic review <laughs> meta-analysis of randomised controlled trials by Hadi et al. 2021. So we are right up to date now. This is some some top top tier shit, right? Uh, That's <laughs> what you pa- did there. You saw what I did there, yeah, I like it. Uh, this paper found that probiotic and symbiotic, uh, so when I say symbiotic, that's basically, if you go on Google now and look for these products, symbiotic means essentially both like probiotic and prebiotic. It's like a blend. So that's basically what you want, essentially. You don't want just one or the other, but they'll be called symbiotic anyway. And they found that supplementation led to statistically significant reductions in total cholesterol but failed to significantly influence changes in all other body composition and cardiometabolic outcomes. Uh, cardiometabolic outcomes refers to things like obesity, uh, type 2 diabetes and stuff like that as well. Uh, so the only thing that that paper found any benefit one was on cholesterol. And that was a paper by Shits himself at all. By who? Shits, Shits himself at oh. <laughs> Do you know what? Uh, the thing with probiotics is it kind of reminds me of the whole deal with multivitamins. It seems like, like there might be some special populations that might benefit from them, but it's one of those things now where it's like, oh, no, no, just everyone should be taking this to keep on top of their gut health. Gut health is yeah. another fancy buzzword, isn't it? I get what you mean. I mean, on paper, as we've just been through there, with one obviously one example is that if, that basically the, the science fails to sell it as a must-have supplement uh, in you know in your arsenal. For some people, maybe, maybe beneficial. Yeah, yeah I mean, to yeah. say that it doesn't work would be quite naive at this point because there is potential that it's doing something. But yeah, it's not a must-have. It seems very specific. Uh, some things to note, though, uh, if you are going to go out and you know, perhaps buy something like a yogurt, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Corner crunch. <laughs> um, and basically, because of the, yeah, basically because of the way probiotics are, are regulated, there's a few things we can't be sure of. So I'm going to rattle these off now. Um, you can't actually be clear the product actually contains the bacteria stated on the food label. Quite important. The product contains enough bacteria to have an effect. Also quite important. Or the bacteria, this is really important this one, the bacteria can survive long enough to reach your gut. Now that's actually one that I've seen quite a few mm. times on uh, you know, various forums and stuff is that people have this stuff but is it even reaching the gut? Because obviously the body does a lot of stuff internally you don't know about and if you're Digestive eating this stuff... Acid, acid, it, acid, enzymes, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, all, that, all those buzzwords. And there's also many different types of probiotics which have different effects on the body. So if you've got one condition, like for example, diarrhea with antibiotics, there could be a probiotic which could be for you, but there could be also one that doesn't really do anything, but you're taking that because you just assume they're all the same thing. So that's something you need to you need to be careful of as well. And back to the science again, there's also going to be a massive difference in terms of what's used clinically. So in these studies, they basically will use a pharmaceutical grade probiotic Um but then if you then go to, I don't know, the shop, Tesco, and buy, as Tom said, a fucking Muller Corner with probiotics in it, for example, mm. uh, that's going to be very different to the pharmaceutical-grade stuff they use in a lab on the clinical trials. That's also another thing to, to, to be wary of. I mean, admittedly, I've taken Actimel. Actimel? Actimel, Actimel yeah. Is that, is, that, is, that, is that a probiotic, is it? I think it is. Uh, let, me, let me have a look. Uh, We're going to ask Alexa, then. Is uh, Actimel a probi- probiotic? There you go. Oh, no, you think, yeah, it's yogurt. Huh? Yeah, it's yogurt. Yeah. 
There you go. <laughs> yogurt. Thanks for clicking up, Tom. That's by yogurt. my Mrs. Etel. There you go. Mrs. Etel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's good, that. Is that grade A evidence, Tom? Yeah. She doesn't even know she's going on the podcast. <laughs> Love it. Uh, I mean, as you said, we are going to be quick with this one. So really to summarise that is if you want to have it, there doesn't seem to be any harm in it. But is if there's any point to it, is, is another question. Essentially, there's, a, there's one more important thing I should really touch on is that in terms of things like gut health, you should be focusing on other stuff before you go for these supplements because even things like stress, getting regular exercise, having a, you know, a balanced diet can all have an impact on your gut health. Stress is actually a really important one. If you are in a very high-stress environment, you need to look at that first before you even think about having an Axmel because that can really cause havoc with, with your gut. So I'd be looking at those things first before I even thought about diving into the... Uh, the yogurt industry yeah things like ibs etc you know gut health in general like yeah stress is a massive factor so yeah look at those things first but apart from that yeah if you want to take it go for it but i know some of these products can be quite expensive with the buzzword of pro pre symbiotic things whatever fucking on them so symbiotics ain't that the thing that keeps trying to kill spider-man is that what you were laughing earlier because i noticed you laughing yeah. when i said it and i was just thinking you're just taking a piss out of the way i've said it I'd... have you got any more points tom on probiotics not on probiotics, because to be honest with you, I can't sum that up with the same kind of feelings with multivitamins, really, is that in some populations, uh, it might be useful, but it's kind of market as one of those things where it's like, oh no, just uh, having them no matter what is going to increase your baseline of health. You know, you're going to supercharge your health by having it. It's not necessarily the case. I don't think it's going to have really any kind of significant outcome if you just have a generally regular healthy gut in the first place there's bigger things you should be worrying about rather than like these external things think about things that you can kind of make more consistent that are going to have bigger impacts yeah such as your sleep trying to reduce the stress in your life i know that's an easier fucking thing said or done it's almost like saying you know move more eat less (laughs) but if there are ways you can like kind of shift your locus of control at least your internal locus of control do things which you know you can change to make things less stressful, etc. And of course, if your doctor's prescribing new things, and that is the things you should be kind of focusing on. I think we'll leave it there, Tom. I think we've covered that quite well. If you've got any more questions, you know what to do. Get in touch. Get in touch. Yes. Yeah. I need to get on this corner crunch pole lively. Yeah, get, fuck it, you do, yeah. Uh, we are now going to be, t- well, we're not taking a break in general, but from the supplement series, there will not be another one until after Christmas now. So in the new year, the next episode of the supplement series will be, we're going to be doing a BCAA revisit. Mm-hmm. So we've done this episode before quite early on in the podcast. What we're going to do now is we're going to go back into it, sort of review, see if anything's changed, see if there's any, you know, new products out there, which could be exciting. I mean, they're still a top seller. So uh... it's still a top seller, exactly. So, you know, it's good to give it a quick, quick review. But the next couple of weeks, we'll give you a quick rundown if you're, if you're even bothered. Um, is that we've got a, we've got a guest on, uh, we've got a guest on. Uh, next week, and then the week after, we've also got another guest on. And then the week after that is our Christmas special, and that takes place around Christmas. It does, Tom. Yeah, thanks for that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> around Christmas. Yeah, that's why it's called a Christmas special. Yeah, yeah. evidence based. Yeah, evidence based. Tom, at all. Can you say Christmas is evidence based? Or we're not going to go down that way. Right, let's leave it there before we we cause fucking carnage. Yeah, Yeah, let's leave it there. I'll wear my hat, my special hat. (laughs) Yeah, credibility hat, right, anyway. Credibility um, hat. It's been a pleasure as always. Uh, We'll speak to you again very soon. See you later, everyone. As always, thanks for listening. If you are enjoying our content and you want even more from us, including behind-the-scenes extras, access to live shows such as the Christmas special, and even access to that special Minecraft library we keep mentioning, then check out our Patreon over at patreon.com slash csgfpodcast or see the link down in the show notes below. It'll be great to see more of you over there and hopefully we'll be chatting to you soon either on Patreon or the private Discord server. We will see you next week, same time, same place, for a brand new episode. See you soon. Thank <laughs> you.